Sunday. Get ready for Unriveted Radio on Super Talk 1270. Now, here's Travis Feist and Rob McLeod. Welcome back to another episode of Dakota Customs on Riveted. I'm your host, Travis Feist, owner-operator of Dakota Customs, and with me, as always, is Rob McLeod. Always a pleasure to be here. Good morning, guys. Morning, Rob. So, today's episode, we're going to be talking to Jesse Peterson. He is uh, highly involved with the uh, our dealerships here in town. And we're going to be visiting with him today on with inflation, trying to get parts, um, the involvement with uh, the EVs coming out. So we're going to be picking his brain on that, getting some feedback and how it's affecting pretty, uh, good or bad. Pretty relatable and I think dynamic so. conversation. Yeah, I think so. So, But before we get into that, shop busy, real busy. I feel like it's the most manageable busy all that where we've been it's not just you know walking into fire every day it's more or less it's like okay we all know our direction for the next three to four weeks and uh we know what's coming in we know what needs to get done so it's a good manageable busy Mm -hmm. it hasn't got any less busy but um i feel like uh things have slowed down you know just with that kind of uh, topic about being busy i mean even even our marketing person got pulled over today for speeding because she's got i guess a heavy lead foot so i guess we're all busy some of us you know going the speed limit amy's like having a clean desk it kind of eliminates you know unnecessary busyness so if you get pulled over speeding you're late well now you're more busy because you're even more behind yeah so nobody likes that clean desk deal yeah we're not moving on (laughs) (laughs) so uh anyways yeah we uh you know like i said you know we do have a lot going on right now it's cooling off so the bikes are kind of slowing down a little bit which they're actually getting faster essentially well, I'm saying the the work. Oh, is getting okay. Slow, not, yeah. not the actual bikes, but the work is getting um, it's slowing down a little bit. So, which is nice. Uh, kind of take a breather from that. But we still have a lot of bike stuff going on, which which is good. You know, I, I appreciate everything that comes to our door. So definitely. Uh, but yeah, car stuff. You know, kind of getting, and that's what we're going to lead into today with Jesse. Is you know, whole car industry, as you can see, like everything. It, it's like a fad. Everything changes. Um, right now, muscle cars, classics, uh, restoration. I mean, that that's huge right now. And What do you think, Jesse? Actually, thanks for being on our show today, taking the time out and coming. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, you, you bet. Like, tell us about you. Like yeah. how you got in, because I know you're you're actually been in the industry for years and years and years. So you just didn't walk into this you've actually been a part of this for most of your life correct that's right i started in 1992 when i was 12 years old um i'm 43 now i started washing cars in my dad's ford dealership in monticello minnesota um fast forward i I moved to bismarck in mandan in uh, 2005 um i started selling cars at id ford then and and then as the years progressed i moved through management things like that there and then of course we've you know added dealerships since then mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah i ha- i would have to say i have some experience in the in the business and yeah it's it's been a part of my life for my whole life really and, you know you just didn't come in to 
you know, selling, managing, and, and owning a dealership. Like you, you, you actually know, started at the bottom. The ins and outs, what it takes. Yeah. yeah. Of everything throughout that. And that's what makes a good leader, honestly. Yeah. You know? Well, thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. I, I, I do feel my dad and my yeah. grandfather both had, uh, they thought about it the right way that if I was going to get involved and if I wanted to have a future in it, that that's how I would need to start out. So, you know, my kids are coming to the age where, or one of them is anyway, where he may want to work in the dealership at some point and he'll, he'll, do it the same way I did because mm-hmm. I felt like that was very helpful to me mm-hmm. in my so career. That, like Rob was saying, that makes you even more of a successful business owner because you've you've been in everybody's shoes. You've you've taught yourself. You you um, know all the ins and outs all the way up. So yeah, I mean, that that's like hats off to you on that deal. Thank you. Yeah, you have to be able to do it in business. Like you I, have to yourself be able to do it if you're yeah, going to be the guy at the top. I believe, yeah. I think I just yeah, it's been a roller coaster. Um, when 2020 started, it was weird. We had a uh, we had a almost too much inventory. The manufacturers had um, like banks of inventory that were piled up across the country. Um, I mean, millions of unsold vehicles, vehicle unsold vehicles to dealers that they had produced and couldn't sell to dealers. And so that's how 2020 started. When you think about the start contrast from that to today we were overloaded with inventory i guess almost three years ago now and it very quickly changed once covid hit um supply chains are death there's a lot of reasons for it um covid was the biggest driver of it but uh you know um now it's just incredibly different with you know we have two four dealerships and you between the two of them you might have i mean we might have t- 10 new Fords for sale, whereas it would have been 400 three years ago between the two. And so that's a very big difference. And um, it's obviously changed the the pricing and all of that stuff. When you take supply away from something, take 90% of the supply away and see what happens to prices. I mean, it's crazy. And demand goes up during that same time. Supply and demand, yeah. So did you, are you still feeling... The wrath of COVID, you know, because even like us in our industry, you know, COVID was here in 19. This is 2022. We're going on 2023. Yeah. And we, we make phone still calls. Feel it. And it's still yeah. like you, you talk to manufacturers and they're like, well, you know, due to COVID, really, we, we haven't moved on yet from that. Do you feel, do you get the same... I I wouldn't call it, I, I know what you're saying. I wouldn't call it the wrath of COVID necessarily. I'm sure it was caused by that, but um, you know we're still not we're still not nearly up to speed with production with with autom, autom, with vehicles, which is really going to hurt us two three years from now. When um, you know you think about, I mean the the sales are still down twenty to thirty percent over three years ago. Well, that's that much less vehicles in the market. You know that come back around as used vehicles, so that'll have an effect in even a couple of years. Um, I, but it's crazy to me that we're still not up to speed yet. I don't understand why they they still haven't been clear on that. I mean, there's there's a lot of things. It's it's mostly microchip related, but it's other things too. It's uh, all the ancillary suppliers that um, manufacturers use. Some of them went out of business because of COVID or or whatever, you know. And clearly the um, the the demand for the microchips is beyond just automotive. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't anticipate that years ago. I don't know if we were going to have this issue anyway or not. I don't think we were. 
but COVID certainly made it started the get, getting the ball rolling, and it's it's still going. Yeah, and I think everybody's still kind of feeling that wrath with with the whole COVID. Because like I said, I, I feel like do. it's you know almost created uh, a crutch for people to lean on. It's became a lame excuse for things. You know, yeah. where I see that I receive some bad information, and they just blame it on COVID. Is it really from COVID? It's hard to say, yep. you know, but um, so it seems it's just like, like it's the go-to excuse. It's just um, people have just gotten so complacent due mm-hmm. to it, and it makes everybody else's jobs harder. So, and that kind of brings me, so you got, okay, you're still kind of, well, you are still dealing with the whole COVID thing. If, if it's 100%, 50%, 20%, however, but you're still dealing with that. Okay, well, now... Like you said, supply and demand's coming in. Well, you still got to sell stuff, so people are bringing in used inventory, which, well, it's a demand thing, so you jack up the price on the used inventory, and you're selling it because just, again, this is the industry we're in. People are paying way more for used stuff than what it's probably actually worth in real dollar amount because people still need vehicles and there's not a lot of new ones to fill that demand so people are spending good money on used but at what point is that scale going to tilt the other way and people are going to be let's say three four years from now they're coming in and say hey i got this 2017 f350 that was used and i paid well over market value for it, but now I want to trade it in while well, now it's going the other way. The microchips are coming in. The new vehicles are starting to fill up the lot mm-hmm. and be like, well, now that vehicle that you paid for really isn't what it's worth because the demand is going the other way. What kind of hit is that you think that's going to take? It's, I mean, we know it's going to come. I mean, we, we know. But it's like, who's... And I, sometimes I sit back it, and think, like, is this a bank that's going to be the one taking that hit? Because they're going to be upside down on that piece if they ever come in. Because, you know, when you trade a vehicle in, and if that's what you're getting offered, but you still owe money on it, well, you transfer over to this one, well, now you're overpaying Well, then for you this know if one. banks are losing money, they're going to jack up the interest rates, which right. is going to affect people to not buy expensive vehicles because they can't afford the interest rates, you know? it's Yeah, yeah I... It, I it's, I agree with you. It'll, it's my opinion, but I, I think there'll be a day of reckoning on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and the used, mar- you know, keep in mind, you know, used prices have gone up because, in a, like in my world, the, what I have to pay for one has gone up. Oh, right. oh yeah. yeah. Yep. But it was a weird phenomenon, and it it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And if you were to look at any kind of index, so you could just Google used car price index or something like that. It there was a. a, a it happened in March of 2021, where it went up 20%. So a vehicle that you would have paid, just easy math, $10,000 for wholesale or retail, whatever, went up 20%, literally in a day. And the, the graph, I mean, shows this spike in value. The, books, the, the book values changed in April to reflect it. I've never seen that big of a jump in one month before. I mean, you would see if, first of all, used vehicle prices almost never go up over time they go down right and then it went up in the in a in the course of a day or two in big time yeah so our inventory value went up a huge amount by that amount but also prices we had to pay it and i don't know why it was april of 21 or march of 21 but um that's when that started significantly 
Um, to your point, yes, I think definitely there's a day of reckoning, and yes, banks are going to those statistics of repossessions and for you know. Uh, those types of things are definitely, they're already going up, to be right. honest with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to see more of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just tough because it puts, it puts you as a dealer in a bad spot because you almost look at the bad guy. You almost look like the bad guy charges charging so much, but you're really, that's just the numbers you got, you're stuck to work with, you know? It, you know, I, I think... My grandfather always told me that we just have to roll with the punches, and right, so right. It, it ebbs and flows, and things go up and they go down, and you just you adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think consumers mostly understand that because I think they do. They've gone to it, so especially if they've been shopping around, they know if that's well, yeah, if that's a, a fair well, price or not. Yeah, we we you know the way I mean not to get into how we do our business, but we we we. Because you're probably not interested in it, but I mean, we price our vehicles to the market, so they understand what the market is. Customers right. know that, and they're seeing it in all the other aspects of what they're purchasing. Because they're not just buying cars right now; they're buying homes, they're buying appliances. I mean, people are buying everything, and they yeah. know prices are up every exactly. across the board. Yeah. So it's you know kind of gets me to that question of inflation. So it's just yep. it's not in a car world. You know, like you said, it's everywhere. If you watch the news, I mean, you'll see it. it's it's. Everything that you yeah. purchase, or and it's not even purchasing; it's even just our everyday living has gone up. So it's just nothing to do with like you know, well, you're the bad guy because you sold me expensive car. No, it's the whole world has increased in everything that you do, um, even you know, restaurants to supplies to food. Everything is high. Your utilities, everything's gone up. You know? Yep. So it's just it's bad enough that. You know, as a dealer, you know, even everybody, you come into it and you first get to deal with COVID. It's like, okay, well, that that really sucked. We're still feeling it. Then as we're trying to adapt and, you know, we're, we're trying to get that routine going down in effect, you know, you got to change a lot of stuff because of the in and out, the uh, the inventory demand, the workforce, everything with COVID. Well, then... Here comes inflation. So now you're dealing with COVID. Now you're dealing with inflation on top of it. It makes everything really hard. It makes everything difficult. So it's bad enough that you're you're still trying to, you know, adjust your dealership to everything that COVID is bringing you. But now on top of all that, then you have with the inflation. What I mean, it's it's got to be hard. Well, I'll, I, I I guess my I take a little different view on inflation. I I um. Obviously, like everyone else, I'm not happy with it, but I I know what, you know, a lot of it is way, the car, the auto, the price of a vehicle, it plays a huge part in the overall inflation. And that's up, let's say, 40% in the last year and a half. The price of a vehicle up 40%, that's a lot. Yes. That's a lot. Um, statistically, it's almost impossible in that period of time, but it's happened. And I, the way I feel about it is, once once they do get production and things like that figured out, and the and the the supply side gets more normalized and gets more stabilized, prices will come down significantly. Mm-hmm. Once you have more vehicles to choose from and more competition, it, it obviously that's a natural economic mm-hmm. situation. And so I I really think that it'll come down significantly once we get well, vehicle production back. And and I think it'll have to because you got to think now. Let's just picture. Um, well, people and, are just going to hold on to what they got. Well, yeah, you know, for they're now, not going to be so willing to buy yeah. that new vehicle. 
Because there's really, you know, I feel like because there's really not a selection to choose from. But I, you know, I, I I remember a few months ago I seen a Facebook post, and I can't remember if it was Tesla or what dealership it was, but it showed like an area view, and there's just like like thousands of these cars sitting there, and they're all waiting for like this one specific chip or whatever it is. Yep. And then then it's like, hey, go. Then they all get shipped out. Well, that's what that dealership. Well, now just think, you got, you know, Ford, you got Chevy, you got Chrysler, you know, and you've got, you know, Toyota and, and all these other, and, and it's probably the same way at all these. Well, yep. once all these parts are coming in, all these de- new vehicles, bam, go out to all these dealerships, they want that sold. You know, they're not going to want to sit on house and you show up with... 200 new vehicles in a month time or you know i don't know mm-hmm. how it works but let's just say if you if you get flooded with all these vehicles that you had ordered two years ago or however it is that now they're they're really starting to get on the ball and starting to show up when you back to normal you know for for ordering you're not going to sit on that inventory so of course you you have to bring your prices down right to match to get rid of that inventory that hence hopefully will bring in you know what half of that will bring in probably used you know i don't know what mm-hmm. the turnout right but even even three quarters of that well like i said that scale then is going to start going and even itself out because now like you said it's it's demand and you know it's supply and demand so i do agree with you i think in due time like it's never going to stay like this it's not it's impossible it can't right it can't it's got to level itself out yeah I, yes um what so it'll happen it'll happen a little more slowly than you might think mm-hmm. you know all that backlog of vehicles that you see and there's all sorts of you know examples of that mm-hmm. w- across the you know with different manufacturers but what you maybe don't know is that all of that stuff is sold pre-sold to customers oh, sure. so when it does hit the reason you don't see our lots fill up well we get transports with vehicles on them all the time they're all sold and they leave right away so that will those back orders will fill we have six months worth of sold orders across all manufacturers to get filled those will get filled and then you know then you'll start to see then you'll start to slowly see dealer lots climb with inventory because the suppliers still won't totally be able to catch up and even if they do, the, the factory lines won't be able to catch up to where they can just slam us in the, all in one shot. So it'll happen yeah. over the course of time. I just hope, my, my, my big hope is that at the end, by the end of next year, things are 80% of normal is mm-hmm. what, my, what my best case scenario for hope would be there. So here's one thing, too. like You almost don't even want the automakers to just try to fill these orders as quickly. You still want them to produce a quality vehicle. So yes. you don't want them yeah. to just knock vehicles out like they're making sandwiches, you know. Like, they still need to produce, you know, they need to put that Ford, Chevy, GM name on it and send a quality vehicle out the door. Totally. Because mm-hmm. if, they, if they don't, well, that just creates even more headaches because what's worse than having a returning vehicle, you know, especially yeah. when it's sold new. That That's a big focus for all of them. I, I'm not too concerned about that. Although, you know, those things do happen, yep. I mean, certainly. But we just deal with them when they do. But, yeah, right. you're right. Have you... Have you noticed the EV world, electric vehicles? What's your What's your take on that? Have, have, is it Is it a good? I, I know everybody wants to be green. Everybody wants to look for a future. I get. It. I respect that. I do. I, I'm never going to take that away from somebody. But it's not the only thing we got going on in the world right now. Is yep. to make sure everybody owns an electric vehicle. But you, again, you know, we see it on one side. You see it on a different 
Is that the new hottest thing? I mean, people come in and they're like, I'm getting rid of my gas. I'm buying all electric. Um, I mean, you get the diehards. Is it is it as big? Of course, you know, we're not like California. But, I mean, do you, do you get people coming in and they're like, as soon as you get an EV vehicle, I'm in, call me. I'm switching my whole fleet over. I mean, is it, is it like that? Well, <laughs> uh, well, first of all, it, it is coming. It's coming. Yeah. There's there's no stopping it now. It, and the reason I say that is uh, the manufacturers are all very, very, all of them that I can think of, all the ones we're involved with. We, we, we have Ford, even Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. I mean, to give you an example, Challenger and Charger are going all electric next that's year. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> uh, that's just happening. I mean, and then, you know, Kia uh, is another one we have. And and but all the manufacturers are are behind this and are are full bore going forward. I'll give you an example. Um, Ford Motor Company. This is this is all in the media now, so it's not a secret. Mm-hmm. But they had a, we had our national dealer meeting last week in Las Vegas, and they have basically they're giving us three options as dealers. They're saying um, the first is you can invest zero in electric, and that's no problem. But you won't be able to service them. You won't be able to sell any of our anything going forward. The second option is uh, basically we make a $500,000 investment and we can sell up to 25 electric vehicles per year. We can't have any inventory. They're all completed online through a reservation process. We can deliver them and we have limited, like I think we have to have like one fast charger or something, one that charges it within you know 15 minutes or whatever, which is like most of the $500,000 investment. And then the third option is a $1.2 million investment Per dealership, so we have two dealerships, so yes, it would be per. And um, we'd have significant uh, investment in EV chargers. We can service them. We'd have some inventory. They said some. They made that very clear. Uh, But then there wouldn't be a limit on how many we can sell. And so there's that along with the fact that Ford has really broken down into two distinct divisions now. There's Ford, we call it like Ford ICE which is the internal combustion engine mm-hmm. portion, which every dealer can sell. And then there's Ford Model E, which is their electric division. So that's just Ford, and they're all doing this. And I was just at the Kia National Dealer Meeting a couple weeks ago. They have, like, four EVs coming out, and they want us to invest significantly in this as well. And my view on it is we're going to do it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go, you know, I've got a lot of things running around mm-hmm. in my mind right now. I've got to have it figured out in the next couple of years, mm-hmm. and we're going to. Do I personally believe it's a good thing? I mean, I you know, I've, out here, I don't know how I don't know how feasible it's it is out here. out here, right? But we're I, I'll tell you, there's going to be somebody's going to figure it out, and you're going to the, the landscape here is going to look a lot different ten years from now. Mm-hmm. It just it just is because someone's going to figure out how to make money on this. Um, but I always think we're going to sell. Uh, gas engine vehicles out here. We're always going to have that here. You right. may not have it in California. Ten, right. Well, you, you won't in, in ten years from now. You right. won't. I mean, they won't. You, they'll be driving around, but they won't be sold. Right. <laughs> It'll be. It's illegal in twenty thirty. I think there. Right. So. Well, see, and that's again where. You know, I kind of bring up that question because your Ford dealerships. You know, the two that you have here, you can't. And and I don't know how to put it, but you can't compete with the Ford dealership in downtown Vegas or downtown California because the population. So for them to go to that meeting and they're like, we need to do this now mm-hmm. because look look where we live. But for you, it's like, 
but do we need to do it now? Or can we, you know, or, yeah. or do we invest in two, three years? Eventually, you have to do it. You have to. If you if you want to be competitive and be able to still work on all the vehicles and still provide a service to your customers, you have to. But the difference is, is are you doing it today? Or are you, yeah. like you said, or is it that a, that's your yeah. plan three years from now because... I, I can't be over here because of our population, our demand. It's it's not the world that we live in, but so, it is something that you do have to. To, to your point, the second we get a electric vehicle in or coming in, it's sold. So right there. So what is so when you do get a let? What's because they have the F one fifty, I believe that is yeah. out, right? Like that. Yeah, lightning. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I hate to say this, but man, it kills me every time. The Mustang, what really? The Machi, just the Machi. Oh, is that okay? Yeah, it's on a Mustang chassis. It looks kind of like a Mustang, but it looks kind of like a Mustang hatchback, if you will. Why? Why? Why did they do that? It's a symbolic thing. Change the subject, but man, it kills me. Well, the regular Mustang will always be a a gas. You know, Um, it's it's. I think it's to symbolize that. The muscle American muscle car shifting will be electric. Can do this, yeah. But it should make it look like in a muscle car, not a grocery getter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, like come yeah. on. And I think there's a lot of people out there, like, like yeah. even if you are a Mustang fan or not a Ford fan or whatever. But when you, it's just kind of like you know when you when you look at this, it's like don't don't ruin what you have. I think keep the it, bigger shocker it. is the Mopar. Yeah, so I think that's even bigger because they're actually using the same vehicle styling, but going full electric is just like, I mean, it's, I feel like you got to do both. Yeah. Like you got to have, I don't know, because it's no doubt that electric cars they are hot rods essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, they and they, they are can't perform. Future. Yeah, it's just like I think that's a little bit more of a, I don't know, like with my shock. question, like so when you do get electric, is it the pickups? Is it like what car is it that is like your number one interest? I shouldn't say seller, but your interest. Like people come in and they're like, we're interested in this one. Is it like obviously it's probably not the pickup? We've been or taking order. It? Yeah, the the Lightning F one fifty's been big. We've been taking a lot of orders on that, and those are starting to come in. And we can't even fill all the orders we get. Like um, we, we've got a backfill. Back order on that for probably the next year, year and a half. Wow. It, Beans, that one's, Beans, what's been the feedback on those trucks? I'm just curious. People, we've only delivered a few of them so far. They're just few, starting to trickle out. You rolling around town, it's like okay, people yep. are driving them. But well, you have two options on that, and I think um, there's the 220 mile range battery, and then the there's extended. then there's the extended, which is the 300 mile range. It's actually been harder to get the 300 mile range one. People want it, yeah. And now, if you got to tow a boat with that, it's not going to get 300 miles. If it's 20 degrees out, it's not going to get 300 miles. So we'll see. I think the jury's still out on that. How that's going to work? We have an all electric Wrangler. Okay, that's yeah. been really hot. It's not all electric. It's it's, it's a hybrid. It's a yeah. It's got an electric motor. We did one of those. Mm-hmm. Remember, Chris? Yeah, was a yeah. blue one. Yeah. yeah. Just like, he had a blue one that um, he took to the Moab Desert, and he lifted it, and we did a bunch okay. of painting and accessories and stuff for it. But I guarantee you, i tell you who you'd probably know. Who yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can run that on the gas engine, but then if you do run it on all electric, it'll make it like 22 miles. So we have a lot of employees that buy those, and they'll just use it back and forth going to work and then they'll charge it while it's at the dealership while they're working that's like yeah yeah we have a new, numerous people do that hmm. so you know it's uh 
uh, and then on the Kia side, there's all sorts of. We don't have them yet, but they're coming. And we've got a number of charging stations um, that we have. Nobody uses them yet. I don't see a Tesla pulling up yet. Mm-hmm. And most of that is they just maybe don't know what's there. Although there is an app you can use for yeah, as an electric vehicle. Them. Yeah, yeah, that locates you don't them for you. Have to, especially up here, because I mean we're not yeah. like in a big major city where you you got to know where your charging stations are when yeah. you drive. You do up here, especially in North Dakota. Yep. Because you want to make sure you you get to one. Yes. Yeah. But I think getting back to, because I think we're still so new with EVs and getting back to with you where you're directing your dealerships to, I mean, you got to trend to the bigger industry. I think the bigger side of the industry is electric vehicles. So you got to trend your dealerships to be, to go along with that industry. So I think that's. Yeah. Well, we want to be ready for both. Yeah. I mean, I, my hope is that we're still selling mostly gas engine vehicles mm-hmm. well, long into the future, mm-hmm. but we certainly need to be ready for electric. So we're, you know, we're going to make the investments and we're going to do it sooner rather than later. Yeah. And if it, I've, you know, yeah, since I, I moved here, yeah, I always I felt like when I moved to Bismarck, I was like, God, this place is like, like three years behind everybody else. Like oh, when I moved here, like songs that were cool where I lived before <laughs> were. Old. Or, or, or songs that were cool when I moved here were like, I was like, God, that was cool like eight months ago. Like, yeah. you know, you would just see things adapt slower here. Now, that three years is shrunk considerably. It, mm-hmm. I would say we're, we're not behind at all now, but um, something like that I think will lag. But I think I want to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. it and then I don't think it's a just in case either. It's going to happen. Yeah, right? it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's just. I think it's just going to take slower to I get think, us up to that level, yeah, but it's I, going to come. I it, think it, all the vehicles are going to get better, and more people are going to, you know, want to buy them. Yeah, you know, essentially. So well, if you can, once it gets to the point where you can, you know, you can at least get to Fargo without having to charge, and then when you do have to charge, if you can do it in fifteen minutes or less, just like a stop to the gas station. Mm-hmm. Once it gets to that, then we're going to be then the electric yeah. will be off and running, yeah. and it's not too expensive. And I think that part will be taken care of by the production part of it, as mm-hmm. they're mass produced, and we have plenty of availability. That's it's it's going to happen, and it might happen faster than we think. I think so too. I I think that the EV world's going to um, evolve. Faster than what we're probably going to be expecting. I think it, it, it's off and running. Yeah, I've talked to uh, gas station owners. I've got some that are friends, and there's two things that they're you know they're they're trying to diversify so that they're not so dependent upon gas. And the two things they're looking at it, that they've told me are charging stations and like alcohol sales, so they can have diversified sources yeah. of revenue. You yeah. know, if they're not already doing that. But I mean, they can you know they can charge for the charging stations, charge customers for them, and they can monetize that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, and I think what I'm afraid of is people that are going to be, I want to say biased against EV, but are still going to be like, no, I'm going to hang on to my gas part. They're just vehicle. not sold yet. Yeah, I, you know, I just hope that we don't get the wrath to be like, well, if you don't want to switch, we're going to just keep jacking up you know fuel prices and everything else to force us to go on to you know to buy ev just for that situation uh, but i look at it to where i feel like every ev that comes out and the more people that buy evs make the classic muscle car industry just that much more valuable because yeah the more electric vehicles come out and people are going to want that engine roaring classic muscle 
um, car that, that this is going to be worth so much more money throughout the years even you know and I keep thinking you know it's funny but um, Judge what is it I'm trying to think of what movie that with uh, Stallone in it Judge Dredd I think it was and they went down uh, in this basement where all these people that weren't about the future and there was that GTO down there with a gas motor and everybody was like like this is like the icon thing because it's like there's a gas hot rod muscle car down here you know and I think like that's going to be us what in 20 years 30 you know like yeah. who knows like when you see a gas powered muscle car you know people are going to be like wow do you remember these we used to drive these around you know, I, think I think it's, it's worse we're even kind of at that point with like carbureted motors you know we've gotten in the world of fuel injection and it's like you see someone running around on a carburetor it's like thing that thing's running you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a different world but you know it just again every new thing that comes out will only value you know for us in our industry the you know the classic muscle car thing so you know i'm that'll never die that'll never die i i don't believe it'll ever ever no. ever die just because it's just the, the value of them are just going to skyrocket more and more and more so totally um which you know that's probably the good positive thing out of all this with going electric it's only going to increase you know the value of of that industry over here so which is nice what? have you noticed what okay with the electric vehicles coming out the price difference you know buying you know, if, if I roll up in your dealership and I see the Ford Lightning half ton F one fifty or gas part F one fifty, I've I, I guess I'm asked because I don't know. I've never been on. I've never priced them out. But are they comparable, or is one like you're going to spend way more money for electric, or is it way more expensive for the gas, or are they com- comparable, or no, do you actually, see the electric industry being less expensive because there's less parts? I guess I should say there's less into it, or how does that all work? If you if you if you're able to find a Lightning mm-hmm. available for sale, the the MSRP of one is very comparable to a gas. Mm-hmm. As far as that goes, um, very comparable. Um, there, if if dealers have them available for sale, there's a huge premium on the market adjustment dealer markup, if you want, if you will, because there's just so few available. But if you ordered one, uh, the price would be very similar to what it what a gas engine one would be. So it's not really shocking either which no. way. You know, you're not going to invest. Way I think more that'll money. get better over time. Yeah, I think that was Ford's goal too. Yeah. And I think you're going to find that I think in in most of the dealerships across the board because again they everybody has to be competitive. Yeah. You know, to where if if like Chevy or Ford and and I say that because that's the country we live up here. You know, we're not. You know, we're not in Tesla country up here 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, we are a little bit, but not like Ford, Chevy, Mopar, to where they have to be comparable because, again, just like anything else, like you, it's the industry that we live in, you know. So you think that EVs are going to be comparable to the gas just to keep people interested in what they're purchasing. Right. Yeah. And that's one thing that they, that they stated, too, with the investment they want us to make. They want us to sell those for one price, if you will, like a, at MSRP or whatever that price point is. And part of that is they want the customer's experience to be at a, at a high level. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they're, they're really thinking about this thing all the way, all the way around. And then the, the way we get paid, we kind of get paid a back-end commission by Ford, if you will, based on our customer satisfaction and meeting yeah. certain standards and things like that. You don't mm-hmm. get it directly from the dealer markup. You get it, yeah. Right. So that's, that's smart, actually. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, we talk a lot about Fords. What? And I know that's not 
like you dabble in other dealerships. So you got Ford, Kia, right? You have Chrysler. Yep. We have two Ford dealerships here, obviously Bismarck Mandan, and then we have the Kia. We have Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram here, and then we have two Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealerships in Minnesota. So are you feeling is 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 Chrysler, Mopar, are they you know, you said you were at a Ford convention. Do you feel the same wrath, you know, positive or however, but from the Chrysler Mopar? I mean, are they stepping up and are you seeing like, like seems like they're on the same playing field as Ford? Or do you see Ford's like going this direction and Mopar's, you know, kind of like back here a little bit, but they're catching up? Or, I mean, do you see the same? I do. That, um, a lot of people don't know this, but they combined with a European manufacturer maybe two years ago now, and they called Peugeot. Mm -hmm. And Peugeot has a lot of electric technology. That was the big reason why they um, com why they merged with them, and they formed a new company called, parent company called Stellantis. Um, so at our dealer meeting this last March at our national convention, they rolled out a plan. I can't remember if it was 24 or 25, but every Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram vehicle by I might be 2024 model year will have a electric vehicle variant. So you'll have a Ram 1500 electric out there. You'll have a Grand Cherokee. Grand Cherokee's coming now. That's that's here now. Mm -hmm. um, but as you saw, Charger, Challenger. But everything is going to. Now I don't know on the heavies. The heavy duty ones may not. But um, but every other one is going to have electric. So they're going. They're they and they want us to invest heavily in it too. They don't have as defined of a plan on that yet. They're actually having us work with consultants to see what our investment might be needed, but it's going to, you know, the one here is going to be significant. Mm -hmm. So, so. It's, they're they're right up there with it. I mean, they're yeah, they they're are comparable. I'd say Ford has outwardly made more of a, uh, in terms of what the public can see, more of a investment in it. But you know, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram is is doing the same thing, and and like I said, all manufacturers are really have a lot of resources invested into this. So here's, and this is what I remember I was going to ask you. So we're, we're sitting here talking, EVs, gas, comparable, and I feel like we live in diesel country up here. Like yep. There's a lot of diesel trucks, farmers, ranchers, uh, rig hands, just, just guys that love Diesels. Well, they get the where, job done. You know, they just they're, well, they're yeah. needed. You know, where where are we at there? I mean, are, is Ford like, okay, oh, can we build electric three quarter ton, one ton, dually four fifty, five fifty, whatever? Can we build electric comparable, or are we over here putting all our R and D and making a better diesel? Where where are we at there? Because it's. I mean, it's got to be coming up. If you're if you're building half tons, look at how many three quarter, one ton heavy duties are out there. They have to be working on something. Where where are we at in that playing field? Well, Do you know. So can I don't you give know. Us a little insider. I, I don't know the answer to that, but the, what I can tell you is that a diesel F three fifty or F two fifty is the most profitable vehicle Ford sells. Profitable for Ford, that means. Mm -hmm. So they made a lot of money when they sold it to me, the dealer. Mm -hmm. And they're very, very hard to get. I mean, if you wanted to buy one today, 
uh, you'd either pay you know ten thousand over MSRP, or you would order one, and maybe, maybe it's it. here in six months. Yeah, because there's such a backlog of orders. So, I guess my opinion is I don't see that going away, but I also probably see the R and D people that they have invested in, which is a lot of them, probably trying to they may have a little team find a way it. to do that yeah. with electric. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think until they because they know that they. They have to step up their game. They can't. They can't build electric half ton like they do a three quarter one ton. Because the reason right. why you have that truck is you're pulling. You're using it. It's yep. a tool, um, not but, for everybody, but for the most part. But I mean, the commercial side, you know, like semis, they've been dabbling into getting fully electric semis. So it's just like if they can scale that down. It's like an eight. Mm-hmm. It ain't out of the picture. No, it's not. I, I think the biggest thing of it is is how to accommodate, you know, because how many ranchers, farmers, you know, even uh, commercial people, well, if they're buying fleets of diesel or three-quarter to one ton or, like I said, heavy duties, however, I mean, that comes with a whole expense of, well, you know, not every farmer or rancher lives close enough to town where they can bring it in. Yeah. What every three days to charge it or whatever, you know. So they'll have to invest in that themselves. Like that's enough. Where if you're buying a a, a half ton or or a a car, well, you're probably driving the town without or doing stuff. Well, you can charge it. However, you know, a lot of people are buying in town, but a lot of these guys, you know, they live out on farms and ranches. So that's another investment that they have to look into. But, yeah, uh, you know, they're using that, like you said, they're going to be using that truck when it's 30 below, 20 below. Yeah, there's kind of two dynamics to that that I see. So two two reasons why people use diesels is for, you know, they run them hard for extended times, and they got power, they got torque. Well, on the electric side, the torque's there. Mm -hmm. Yes. They could use it for, you know, a workhorse from the pulling side, but, you know, to go have that thing as a welding rig, you know, running, you know, 20 blowout on a pipeline job, probably not a good vehicle for it, you know. Right. So it's like they got to kind of maybe find a happy medium. Yeah, the power on electric, people don't realize it's the power is there. Power oh, and yeah. torque are insane. It, it is the battery. Yeah. So that's what they'll have to, you know, and I'm sure that's that's what they'll have to figure out. Mm-hmm. With certainly with a truck like that, a yeah. commercial use vehicle, and, yeah. and I think like it, like you were saying, like it's coming. I mean, they're they're going to do it, but I think that's probably going to be one of the last ones that they probably perfect because there's going to be so much more R and D to go into it. Because, like I said, a large number of the people that have them are using them as tools. Like they're they're a work rig. They're not and just your street truck. It's like with a lot of things, there's a lot of things that are definitely capable, but is it marketable? You know, you gotta look at it from from all angles. So it's like, yeah, I'm sure they could make, you know they but you know, they'd, they'd have two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars into this three quarter ton truck. Yeah, I'm sure they can do it. Mm-hmm. But are they gonna be able to sell that truck? No. Mm-hmm. You know, so now they're trying to Find a, a good way to do it. Yeah. I think that's an example of where the manufacturers are going to have gas engine or diesel engine vehicles well into the future, and it's going to be a part of their portfolio. Mm-hmm. It's just the electric part is going to grow over time, but that's that's you're not going to be able to replace that anytime soon. No, mm-hmm. I mean, no. we're to me, we're twenty years away from that. Money on it either. You know? Yeah, you know, my thing is, I sit here and I wonder, like, what. 10 years from now or five years from now what's the trade-in going to be like on electric to you know when somebody trades an electric vehicle how do you look at it and be like 
well, I don't know. Just look at the motor and battery and everything. Yeah. Else, like where you look at a I'm gas sure they can, diesel. I mean, there's they can you know, test the battery life, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, you what know? the trade-in value is going to be like on electric vehicles come future? You know, it's going to be a whole different ball game. Well, I hadn't thought of that, but I, my hope is, I mean, maybe it'll make it easier for us. And uh, if if that's the case, that's better for the customer too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they are a simpler vehicle. Mm-hmm. So I think that would, you know, that's going to be something that, again, you're going to adapt to, and it's going to be a whole different era to get into is, you know, <coughs> trading for electric, electric, and yep. and everything else, which... Um, and, like, how is that going to lead into what we do? How are we? How are people, say, 30% of the vehicle vehicles that are on the road are electric? So when people come to us and they want to make their vehicle different than that other electric vehicle they see on the road, like... Well, can we we go in there and um, you know increase the output of the batteries here, or can we do some maybe some driveline tricks to make them? It's like I don't know how you can make them faster; they yeah. already haul ass. I think it's but, I think it's gonna be know, a lot of just cosmetic because like, you know yeah, you can't you're kind of limited when it comes to stuff like that. But there's but, gotta be a way. Like you said, yeah. just anything else, they'll figure it out. Yeah, you know, it's, it's common. The aftermarket world will have to figure it out because for them to stay in business and to make they'll they're gonna find ways to like well we can sell this little tricket or sell this thing or this thing and this thing and um, to keep that ball rolling. Yeah, they, I mean you guys know this. The aftermarket industry is massive. People don't realize how big it oh, is. Oh, it's huge. Um, and how into customizing their vehicles people are. So we're all gonna have to find new ways mm-hmm. to to make it work. And I've I'm pretty confident that all of us, me and you, are gonna are gonna be able to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like anything, you know, I've I've said this a hundred times too. School's never over, right? And you know, you're always learning yeah, every that's the day. Fun part. You know, and and uh, if you think you think it is, uh, it's it's not. It's it's never over. Uh, Jesse, hey man, it's been a pleasure. I'm glad that you came on our show today and was um, willing to uh, visit with us. I'm hoping we got to answer some questions that yep. maybe our listeners um, were probably like thinking we of. Yeah, I think yeah. we covered a good. Yeah, I know that was good. Good broad of of the basic good questions. I think that a lot of people were were just ever thinking about. People I, are asking them. I'm hearing yeah. it a lot at our dealerships. So yeah, yeah. and and I even in our industry too you know people always wonder like well what you know what's ev going to do to your company or, or you know so i think i think people are always asking that question so i'm glad that you were able to come on and answer some of our questions uh, i do want to say that in the future i want our listeners to keep listening that we're talking about ev vehicles my goal is to i want to i want to get somebody who is very knowledgeable on the electric our 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 world right now with electricity and how we're adjusting to all the new EVs coming out and, and the changes and the costs and everything. So I'm I'm going to line that up. Uh, I don't know what um, episode it's going to be, but I do want to do that, and so that people can get not only from your point of view on selling electric vehicles, but what our world is going through and have to do to adjust to all the electric vehicles because there's there's two different spectrums here and i really i'm i'm curious and and my mind goes and uh, we just get people on our show and ask them questions so um stay tuned for that also if you have any concerns or questions or anything that you want us to talk about feel free on our posts that we do on our facebook on our podcast do a comment leave a comment if you have something to say questions to ask 
anything you want to talk about, we'll answer your questions. We'll we'll talk about some stuff. So don't be afraid to go on our Facebook and leave those comments. Also check out our Facebook or our website, uh, dakotacustoms.com, and that's with a K and Z. Uh, if there's anything on there, you can also comment, check out our podcast, check out some of our pictures and our builds that we're doing. Or like always, just stop by. Or stop by the shop. So if there's anything, any more questions or anything on this episode, feel free to stop in or comment, and we will, like I said, we'll feel free to answer them. Again, Jesse, thanks. Thanks for listening to Unriveted Radio. Also available on demand with the Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Download in the App Store or Google Play today. Unriveted Radio, presented by Dakota Customs, a full-service custom garage on the strip in Mandan. This program has been paid for by...